0: Those of you who have been with us the last couple of weeks, you know that two weeks ago we began Penny Crusade, which we did today. It's our missions fundraiser. So two weeks ago we began and we, we started talking about what the Scripture has to say to us about the nations. So week one we looked at what I call the weapon, the fact that we Christians have The most powerful, the most effective weapon against darkness and evil that the world has ever seen. And we're the only ones who have it. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. All through the Bible, it's the gospel that goes forward with force and changes hearts and changes people and changes families and changes uh, cultures and nations. We have it. And so this time of year, this penny crusade, and all the time when I'm talking to you about making disciples, you need to remember the power is in the gospel. God's work in the world will not be an academic movement. It will not be a uh, culturally cool movement. It will not be a movement of influence among the powerful. It will be a, a miracle movement through the gospel alone. And then last week, we tried to get practical about what can you do with this? And we studied the scripture and the, the whole New Testament really, and came to the conclusion that we should just start where you are, work where you are and work from where you are. So your assignment in the Great Commission, you're in it right now. The people around you right now, that's your assignment. Your workplace, your family, your community, the people in your under your roof—that's your assignment. And you start there, and you start sowing the seeds of the gospel, and you start serving, and then you work out from there to the nations. So that's where we've been. Today's our last Sunday with this uh, foreign missions focus. We've talked about the weapon and the strategy, and today we'll talk about the outcome, where all this is going. So I really, I searched the Bible and prayed about where to go in here for this message. I knew what I wanted to talk to you about, but I didn't know where in the Bible I wanted to point you to see it. I'm much more comfortable working through books of the Bible. I've got no decisions to make. I go to the verses that are next. God sets the agenda. Much easier. Um, But... I feel that God led me to this passage in the most intimidating book in the Bible. Can you guess what it is? Revelation. You nailed it. Yeah. So we read from Revelation chapter 5 today. And we're really only going to study two verses, but I want to read the entire chapter. It's 14 verses. And as you find it, if you're able, if you would stand as an expression of honor... As we read God's word together from Revelation chapter five, last book in the Bible, all the way at the end, chapter five, we'll begin with verse one. Revelation five, verse one says, Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, a scroll. Written within and on the back, and sealed with seven seals. Just a note for those who are unfamiliar with Revelation Revelation is it's a, it's a vision given to John, the closest disciple to Jesus, recorded for us. So that's what we're dealing with. Verse 2 And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. And we all say, Amen as well. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Revelation is a difficult and bizarre book. But it is full of some of the loftiest and most transcendent images of our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, that you'll find anywhere in the Bible. So the big idea for us today, uh, the sermon in a sentence, is very simple. Jesus is the worthy one. It's Jesus who is the worthy one. In this section, in chapter 5, no one in the world was worthy to handle this scroll. But Jesus, he's the only one. He is the one way, the one truth, the one life. Everything was made by him and through him and for him. It is all about Jesus. So in your life, your thing, whatever your thing is, your struggle or your celebration, whatever is going on in your life right now, At its deepest level, it's about Jesus. Your confusion right now, it's about Jesus. So today we will just take a minute and we will look at this man, Jesus Christ. Like John saw him. He is the one worthy one. Worthy means what it sounds like it would mean. Full of worth. Valuable. It, it carries the idea of weight. Like you in a marketplace might weigh something to see how much it costs. Jesus is the heaviest thing in reality. The weightiest. The most true. The most important. You know, this for many people has been a difficult, difficult week. For the Lisk family and for the McWhorter family... This has been a week very much about death. For the, uh, the uh, Broadway family and the, those associated with my grandmother, it's been a week very much oriented around death. And there's nothing fun about thinking about death. But I've been with many of you as you've experienced deaths in your family. And it's amazing how being there, and you know what I'm talking about, because I think everybody in here has experienced the death of someone very close to them. As you get close to death, yours or someone else's, things start to become clear. Things that are completely trivial, that once seemed very, very important, are revealed for what they are. I don't think that my grandmother would mind me, Using her as an example, she prays for me all the time. She called me randomly just a couple of weeks ago just to tell me she was praying for me. She didn't know why I was just on her mind that she was praying for me. Um, I think she prays for you guys too. She's just a very loving woman. But she's in a position right now where in all likelihood, she knows that she will never see the outside of that hospital again. She'll never stand up and walk away from that bed barring a miracle, could happen. Now, we are all hurtling toward that same position. And the closer you get to it, the more you'll see that a lot of the things that trip us up and that weigh us down and that consume our minds and our energies are not important in the least. They're light. They're momentary. But the closer you get to Jesus Christ, the closer you get to the real things, the heavy things, the weighty things, the eternal things, the important things. And on that bed where we all will likely end up, if Christ doesn't return, you know, you'll look back. So let's do it now. Let's take this in now. Let's move close to Jesus now. Let's not have regrets then. So what I want to share with you is just as simple as three reasons why Jesus is the most worthy of your time, your energy, your attention. Of anything else and anyone else in all of creation. We'll look at what he did, what he is doing, and what he will do. First, we'll look at what he did in verse 9. When they sing this new song, all these bizarre heavenly creatures. Lift their voice in verse 9, and they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation. Jesus is worthy because of what he did for us. Christianity is really unique because... It's not about what you need to be doing. It's about what someone else already did for you. So when we go out with the gospel, we're not coming out with a list and saying, you need to be doing these things. We're coming to them with a person, Jesus Christ, and saying, look what he did for you. He, like a lamb, was slain for you. And by his blood, you are cleansed and you are forgiven and you are released I I wonder how many of you are still living life under a burden of regret and remorse and shame and guilt. Some of you maybe are trying to work it off. If I had everybody in here raise their hands who have done something that they deeply, deeply regret, all hands would go up. I'm not even going to do it. I just know that all hands would go up. But see, we have good news In Jesus Christ. He was slain for those things. So we don't have to slay ourselves for them. And God will not punish us for them. He took the punishment for us. So your life is a lot more like. Extreme home makeover. Is that the name of the show? That didn't sound right when it came out. Extreme makeover home edition. That's it. Your life is a lot more like. Extreme makeover home edition than it is X Factor, or The Voice, or American Idol, or any of these tired old shows. Who's even watching them anymore? Probably all of you are, and you think I'm a loser because I'm not. If you haven't seen Extreme Home Makeover, it's where a crew comes in with a billion people and a, a worthy family who is really down their luck. They just destroy their house and build them a mansion, and they just give it to them. And the people come and there's a bus between them and the house and they yell, what do they yell? Move that bus. They move the bus and everybody just starts bawling and weeping. And I have to go, I get something in my eyes sometimes. (laughs) I get excess masculinity at some points and it starts to ooze out of my eyes. So Extreme Makeover Home Edition is about what these people, the main characters, receive. They just get this ridiculous gift that they could have never, ever afforded on their own. But many of us are living as though it's like the X Factor or The Voice or American Idol, where we're trying to perform day in, day out, trying to please God so he'll keep us around, so he'll bless us. We don't have to. We aren't on any stage Jesus performed for us. Jesus paid for us. That's why this Christianity thing is about good news. It's been done, not good advice, things you should do. So Jesus is the most worthy person, the most worthy fact of reality for your attention, for your energy, because of what he did for us. Number two, he's the most worthy because of what he is doing. Look back in verse nine again worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. See what he's doing now is he's ransoming buying purchasing people for God. Now you know the idea of a ransom it's You know, somebody abducts your child and they say, I'm not giving them back until you pay me this much money. See, in a very real way, all of humanity has been abducted and is being held for ransom. Now, you might think that you know what or who is holding us for ransom, but I bet you'll be surprised what the scripture says. You probably first think, oh, it's Satan or it's sin or it's this dirty old filthy world. Well, there's truth to that, but listen to what the Bible says is holding us captive. I'll I'll read you two verses. First one comes from Romans. I know you guys have been missing you some Romans, so I'm going to read you a little bit. Romans 7, 6. Uh, I'll, I'll start at verse 4. Likewise, my brothers... You also have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for him. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. And here's our verse. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit, And not in the old way of the written code. So who has held us ransom according to Romans? The law. Did you see that coming? It's just like that. It's like Awake. Anybody watch Awake? I'm just throwing out the TV references today. It's always a tweet. You don't see coming who it is who did it. It's the law. Let me read you one more. Galatians 3. Galatians 3, verse 23. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the what? Law. Imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now faith has come we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. And he goes on, that's just a really good chapter. So Jesus is the most worthy individual and fact of reality ever in the history of the world. Because of what he did and because of what he's doing, he is ransoming people from a life of trying to obey laws to please God. The law had us, but Jesus released us from it. So my invitation to you, if you are captive under the law, if you, if you are imprisoned by list of do's and don'ts, if that's how you live your life, if you are living with guilt from all the do's that you didn't do and all the don'ts that you did do, go to Jesus. He will set you free. And you can serve God in a new way through faith. Now, it's not that he abolishes the law. He fulfills it in us. And here's the really beautiful thing. Who is he ransoming? We see what he's ransoming us from. Who is he getting? Who's he paying for? Look back in there, the end of verse 9. By your blood, you ransomed people for God From every tribe and language and people and nation. And here's where we connect with our Penny Crusade stuff. The work Jesus is doing is gathering a people from every single tribe, people, language, nation of the globe. No one has ever done anything like this. Ever. There is no one like Jesus Christ. There is no other religious leader like Jesus Christ. You can tell the worthiness of someone by the diversity of those who find them worthy. So you see it in marketing. That's somewhat my background before I came here. You know, when you're you're marketing a product, you figure out your demographic. You know you're not going to get everybody. You get your demographic. And that's why you have, you know, some people are Mac people. Some people are PC people. Who's a Mac person? Mike, who's a PC person? Who's like, what are Macs and PCs? Okay. Who's a Chevy person? Who's a Ford person? Who's a smart car person? Evan. You know, when you're marketing products, you know you're not going to get everybody. It would have to be the most amazing thing in the world to get people from every, every demographic, from every culture. But Jesus is doing it. That's what he's fulfilling in the Great Commission. He's gathering the most diverse crowd of people you can ever imagine. You can't even fathom it. Some of you who are here Wednesday, I shared with you some of the statistics about how many people groups there are in the world. We are talking thousands upon thousands upon thousands. Jesus Christ is worthy of your time and your attention and and your life because of what he did and because of what he's doing. He's gathering the most diverse crowd of worshipers ever known. And finally, he's worthy because of what he will do in verse 10. And you have made them this crazy diverse crowd of people. You have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on earth. Just real briefly, you all have probably built something in your life. You know, my son builds things out of Legos. Um, some of you are trying to build a family. Some of you have built houses. I know one man in here who built his own house with a book titled, How to Build Your Own House. People have, you've built things. Was it easy? Whatever you built, was it easy? No, if if you did it, if you really built something, it was not easy. And what you built, you know, it wasn't like a kingdom. But here is our Lord Jesus. He is building a kingdom of people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation. A kingdom that will last forever. A kingdom of kings and priests. He is the king of kings. This man who claimed to be God, Jesus Christ. He is everything. There's nothing more important for you to apply yourself to than figuring out Jesus Christ, getting close to Jesus Christ. And do it now. Because when you get to that hospital bed, it's going to seem like time just where did it go? Don't waste your energies and time on lesser things. Use those lesser things to get close to the real thing, to Jesus. Now, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and just close your eyes and bow your head. I'm going to pray for you. And before I do, I just want to let these words wash over you from Revelation 21 a little bit further on. John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. be no more, neither shall there be any mourning or crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Father, may it be so. In Jesus' name, amen.